0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Musicians Journey podcast. In episode 1, I described the context in which this podcast was born, that I just quit my job and decided to make a decent attempt at making a living as a cellist. I was full of energy and enthusiasm and had a why not attitude in order to put myself out more and see if any fish would bite on any of the hooks I threw out as a performing cellist and as a cello teacher, mainly cello teacher these days because of the virus thing. Three months or so has passed since then and I felt it was time to take a look at what has happened since. First of all. I'm still loving every day. I'm not taking my freedom for granted. And I still feel very enthusiastic about doing what I can to fully provide for myself again, only this time as a cellist. Since I quit my main job, which was to clean flats, I actually kept my other job, which is a small employment as a personal assistant for a woman with physical handicap. Which is a job I've had since shortly after I moved to Stockholm nearly 3 years ago. And which is a job that I really like. It doesn't take all my energy and it provides me with a modest but stable income. In addition to this job, which covers the monthly return of my student loan and food, kind of, my boyfriend is covering the rest. And that is a first experience for me. I mean, since I was being provided for by my mum, And I'm pleased to find that although I'm not weighed down by guilt, I really do want to provide for myself and to even be in a position where I can return the favor. If my boyfriend one day feels like taking some time off from working. So every morning I get up early, I do some yoga, I have breakfast and I get to work. Secondly, I can definitely see why it's harder to make music for a living now than during a time without recommendations to not socialize unnecessarily. One thing is wedding and funeral gigs which are pies in disguise these days. But also when it comes to teaching, not everyone are tempted to go online for lessons. I put myself out there as a cello teacher last winter and I received quite a few messages from people, almost exclusively adult beginners, but several of them decided to wait until it's socially acceptable to meet more people and to travel by public transport again. I do, however, have three more or less regular students, which is more than when my freelance journey began. One of them came to my place for a first lesson and then we had a second lesson via Zoom. It was the first lesson I ever gave online and I was a little nervous didn't want anything to go wrong because of my inexperience with technology. So I had prepared well in advance, made the lighting good for the camera, set up the GoPro as a webcam, connected my uh, mic which picks up pretty great sound both when talking and when playing. And I had the sheet music on a music stand. Everything to do with the actual execution of an online lesson went smoothly and I was very happy with myself. But I was immediately confronted with one of the challenges of online teaching to a young beginner uh, when she was struggling a lot to tune her cello, of course. (laughs) And uh, actually ended up breaking one of the strings while all I could do was to passively sit on my chair so far away. But it was also uplifting to experience firsthand that a lot can be done in an online cello lesson and I would love to do more of it. A recent uplifting incident was when I was contacted via messenger and asked about cello lessons and it turned out that he had found me on Facebook by searching for something like cello lessons in Stockholm. I was intrigued to hear this since I had really been trying to become more visible in search results of this kind. I had put cello as my middle name on Facebook. I had. Posted in several Facebook groups as a cello teacher, I had made an effort with improving the SEO on my website And I had searched for cello teachers in Stockholm myself to see which results came up first So I went again to Facebook and searched for cello lessons in Stockholm And the first thing that came up was the concert house for some reason and then a restaurant called cello and Then me It was really great to see how my little actions was now actually putting me in contact with someone who was serious about taking cello lessons from me and now he comes every week. And thirdly, I'll look back on this podcast of mine. It started as something I simply wanted to do. I had no agenda at all, only curiosity about how it would look like if I would manage to make a few episodes. The first three episodes took a long time to make and I even made some changes and re-uploaded them after they had been published. But already with the fourth episode I noticed that things were going smoother and that I was getting into a workflow. This accelerated until I now can edit an interview episode over the course of three days, more or less. I didn't expect this to become such an obsessive hobby it can for sure be hard to stop working on an episode and get up to stretch my legs. I also didn't expect the joy I'm getting from making these episodes. No matter how many people my audience will consist of, this will never feel like time wasted. The audio quality seems to tell a tale of its own. In episode 2 I was recorded through the computer's microphone. In episode 3 I used EQ and compression to make Wilma sound as clear as I could. And since I didn't yet know that I could get two separate audio files from a Zoom recording, my voice was put through the same presets. I was using a Shure SM57 microphone, since that was what we happened to have at home already. In episode 4, I used Audacity actually for noise cancellation, and then continued uh, to edit it in Ableton. And although the noise cancellation is a great function, it does something to the overall sound, when I, put, when I put it back in Ableton, that I don't really know what is. so I've only done it that one time. In episode 5 I managed to not record myself at all, which was a blessing in disguise since I really liked the episode the way it turned out. In episode 6 and 7 I was in the same room as my guests, at home, with my Blue Yeti microphone. In episode 8, I talk a little louder than usual, simply because I had headphones on instead of the usual one earphone in one ear only. But from then on, I found a kind of stability. I started to export Zoom interviews in two separate files so that I could mix them differently, and my mic works very well. Making this podcast puts me in regular contact with the things I know so little about, but that can be good to know more about as a freelance cellist. I can now easily make edits to a recording I make, I have a great mic for when I give cello lessons online, I'm getting pretty used to using zoom and to check that the audio settings are right, and when I edit the interviews I find a lot of inspiration. From Kaja Drexler, I was given the perspective of the performing, touring musician who is busy with organizing and recording and don't care to use social media at all. From Wilma Pistorius, I was presented with the perspective of a chalice and composer who found a creative way to get commissions and work during the time when work was scarce for most musicians. Anastasia Rasvalia eva shared with me her coping strategies for getting through hard times. Inga-Margret reminded me of the unlimited scope of musical expression and to not accept other people's standards. After listening to the conversation with Guillaume Duquette, I felt moved by the openness in which he shared his insecurities, under which I could also sense his securities. Emil Grellert and Carl johan Tenström are so far the only guests who don't have an official music education. And I was immensely grateful for their thoughts on what music-making means to them. Martin Posinior had the contagious energy of an up-and-coming musician who wants to be seen and heard and to genuinely connect with people through his journey as a musician. Alexandra Bobrovska gave me the perspective of a dedicated classical musician who devotes her time not only to being ready to execute a flawless performance at any time, but also to communicate the music by a forgotten composer. Matthias Sigurdsson moved me with his honest story of ups and downs, and I find his quest for finding his place in the world as a musician very inspiring. I aspire to speak as clearly through my music making as Tobias Karla does through his And Vasily Bagyuk offered the perspective of an artist who embraces all of his artistic expressions at a very special time in life, where doors have been flung open. And one last thing on my late night coffee high. I've very recently made an Instagram account for this podcast. So feel free to drop by and leave a comment on the episode that really stuck out for you. I think that's it for now. Thank you for listening, and as usual, you can find my email address in the show notes and on my website, rendelwesenberg.com.